When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today, we'll be discussing the history of a group of rather famous, or infamous depending on who you ask, Hogwarts schoolmates known as the Marauders. For anyone unfamiliar with the group, the Marauders were made up of four school-aged wizards who attended Hogwarts in the 1970s. All four were Gryffindor students, who over the course of their first year at school, became the closest of friends. Their names were James Potter, Sirius Black, Remus Lupin, and Peter Pettigrew. But before we get too far into the formation of this friend group, not to mention the mischief and adventures they got up to while at school, let's take a look at the origin story of each of these marauders individually. Now, there's really no question as to which marauder we should look at first, and that is James Potter. James is, of course, Harry Potter's father, the man who died trying to protect his family from Lord Voldemort. And while James's self-sacrifice is likely how the majority of you will know him, there are many noteworthy things that this talented young wizard, who died all too soon, accomplished before he stood up against one of the darkest wizards of all time. James Potter was born on the 27th of March in the year 1960 to Fleamont and Euphemia Potter, who were both rather elderly, even for magical beings within the wizarding world. Coming from a long line of successful and inventive wizards, Fleamont was also an accomplished entrepreneur, known mainly for his invention of Sleek Easy's hair potion, which he created in 1926. Being that James was Fleamont and Euphemia's only son, he was left with a rather handsome inheritance upon his parents' natural deaths, which occurred before Harry was born. And so, as you can imagine, James Potter grew up quite comfortably as the only child of his successful inventor, who himself had come from a dynasty of wealthy witches and wizards. In many ways, James, a wealthy, pure-blood English wizard, was rather accustomed to getting his own way, and while some of that entitlement and arrogance may have shown through during his time as a pupil at Hogwarts, just ask Severus Snape, James became so much more than the wizard equivalent of a spoiled, muggle, trust fund kid. And while it may be controversial to say, a lot of this might have had to do with the company that James decided to keep once he arrived at Hogwarts, the first being Sirius Black, whom he encountered on the train to school. Yet, Sirius Black's background is a bit controversial in itself, and not necessarily one that you may think would result in the loyal, courageous, and dedicated young wizard that Black turned out to be. Born on the 3rd of November in 1959, Sirius was the third of his name and heir to the House of Black. His parents were Orion and Walburga Black, both of whom were descendants from English pure-blood wizarding families. Sirius had one younger brother, named Regulus, and was cousin to Bellatrix and Narcissa Black, who went on to become Bellatrix Lestrange and Narcissa Malfoy, respectively, names you likely know due to their dedication to evil, the dark arts, and Lord Voldemort. 
Sirius's name, however, alongside the majority of his family, was considered a traditional black family name, as it followed the convention of naming the black children after stars, constellations, and galaxies. The House of Black was also a notable entry in the Sacred 28, a directory of pureblood families and dynasties, a fact that most of the family was immensely proud of, as just about every member of the family believed wholeheartedly in blood purity and supremacy, which typically resulted in members of the Black family being sorted into Slytherin upon attending school at Hogwarts. This belief in blood supremacy also meant that the vast majority of the House of Black refused to consort with muggles, muggleborns, squibs, and wizarding families who associated with the likes of those. In fact, they would go so far as to forbid members of the family from marrying outside the pure-blood class and disowned relatives who did so, or who turned out to be squibs. Like many families who were this devout to the ideology of blood purity, the House of Black was also a proud supporter of the Dark Arts, and later Lord Voldemort. But not Sirius. Sirius openly rebuked his family's beliefs, and was hopeful that he would not be placed in Slytherin House as so many of his family members had been before him, a wish that was granted upon his arrival at Hogwarts. Similarly wishing to start anew his first year at Hogwarts was Remus Lupin. Born Remus John Lupin on the 10th of March 1960 to Lyle and Hope Lupin, Remus was a half-blood wizard whose childhood became marred by the actions of one very vengeful werewolf, known as Fenrir Greyback. After being put on trial by the Ministry of Magic, accused of murdering two muggled children, Greyback was released, believed by the majority of the questioning committee at the time to be a non-magical tramp who had nothing to do with the deaths of the children. Lyle, on the other hand, who was also in the committee that day, noticed telltale signs that Greyback was indeed a werewolf. When the other members of the committee refused to acknowledge that Lyle could be right, in a moment of frustration and anger, Mr. Lupin shouted in front of Greyback that all werewolves were soulless, evil, deserving nothing more than death. Sadly, this one aggravated insult is what led to Greyback tracking down the Lupin family within a year of being released from that trial. It's almost certain that Greyback intended to exact his revenge by killing Lyle's only son, Remus. However, Lyle was able to get to Remus's bedroom in time to drive the werewolf out, casting powerful magic to defend Remus, but not before Greyback had mauled the boy, his bite marks turning his son into a full-fledged werewolf for the remainder of his life. From then on, Remus lived an incredibly lonely life as his parents worked tirelessly to conceal his condition and find a cure, to which there was none. They constantly moved from town to town in an effort to stay ahead of any rumors, and Remus was forbidden to play with children his own age for fear that he may accidentally reveal himself. Sadly, all this was done in an effort to protect Remus, as the Wizarding World's overall view of werewolves, as stated by Lyle himself, was rather prejudiced and unkind. Of course, there were a few exceptions to this generalization, including the perspective of Professor Albus Dumbledore, who personally saw to it that Remus would be able to safely attend Hogwarts, as well as that of three good friends he would meet once he got to the school. The final marauder was Peter Pettigrew. Little is actually known about Peter's childhood, including the exact date of his birth, although it's believed that he was born sometime in 1960, due to his first year at Hogwarts being in 1971, alongside James, Sirius, and Remus. 
And while we do know that Peter's mother was a witch, his father's blood status is unknown. In fact, just about everything about Peter and who he really was is rather uncertain, which is likely how he was able to so thoroughly fool his future best friends. In fact, Peter was one of Hogwarts' only true hat stalls in history, meaning that the sorting hat took over five minutes to finally place him in Gryffindor House, over its other choice of Slytherin. And had the sorting hat chosen differently for little Peter Pettigrew, who knows what might have happened from there? Events of the future, including that of Harry and his families, may have turned out rather differently indeed. But, as it were, these four young wizards were all sorted into the same house of Gryffindor, which turned out to be the very foundation of four incredibly close friendships. Attending Hogwarts together as Gryffindors from 1971 to 1978, James, Sirius, Remus, and Peter became inseparable during their first year at school. James and Sirius first met on the Hogwarts Express and almost instantly became best mates. Later that first day, not long after the sorting ceremony, the two boys then met and took a rather immediate liking to a shy and clever first year they learned was named Remus Lupin. Remus, on his part, had allowed a slow-seeming Peter to follow him along, and as a result, the four boys became a group that would eventually be known in the years to come as the Marauders. The name of the Marauders, which loosely means raiders, plunderers, or pirates, came to be only after James, Sirius, and Peter discovered Remus's lycanthropy, or rather that he was a werewolf. Of course, with friends as close as these, it would have been near impossible for Remus to hide his condition from the other boys, especially considering his monthly disappearances, in which he would go to the safety of the Shrieking Shack in Hogsmeade Village to transform into his werewolf self. Fearful that after so many lonely years as a child, his friends would desert him should they find out his secret, Remus desperately wished to keep them in the dark. But as I said, this was near impossible. And so, Remus entrusted his three friends with his secret and was completely unprepared for what would result, sharing the reaction of James, Sirius, and Peter with Harry decades later. And they didn't desert me at all. Instead, they did something for me that would make my transformations not only bearable, but the best times of my life. They became animagi. Which of course brings me to the bit about the three other marauders becoming animagi, meaning that they were able to transform at will into an animal counterpart. James, Sirius, and Peter, not wanting their friend Remus to suffer in his monthly transformations alone, took it upon themselves to learn this bit of advanced magic, in which James learned how to become a powerful stag, and became known by the other marauders as prongs. Sirius learned how to become a shaggy black dog, and was deemed by the other boys as Padfoot. Peter learned how to become a large grey garden rat, and was therefore called Wormtail, and Remus, who had little choice in the matter, was referred to by the other boys as Mooney, in acknowledgement of his werewolf condition. In their animal forms, they were able to roam the castle grounds freely, without fear of being caught by Hogwarts caretaker Argus Filch or his cat assistant, Mrs. Norris. In doing so, the boys were able to map out the castle in a way previously thought unimaginable by students who had attended Hogwarts before them, which is likely how they ended up with the name for their group. I'm quite certain that in their eyes, their wanderings around the castle were much like the plundering expeditions of pirates, and these expeditions are what inevitably led to the invention of their Map of Mischief, otherwise known as the Marauder's Map. 
The Marauder's Map then served the four boys as a way of expanding upon their mischief and troublemaking, for it magically identified every living and non-living being on the map using the homunculus charm. What this meant was, regardless of any magical concealments, enchantments or spells that a witch or wizard may be using, the map was able to identify their whereabouts and label them with their true name. It even worked on the spirits of the castle, including the ghosts and Peeves the Poltergeist. Instances of the map at work were demonstrated many times throughout Harry's tenure at school. For example, the map was able to show Harry's location even when he was wearing the invisibility cloak. It also showed Peter Pettigrew upon the map when he was in his rat form during Harry's third year. And then again, during the events of the Triwizard Tournament, it showed Barty Crouch Jr. despite the fact that he had taken Polyjuice Potion to resemble the likeness of Professor Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. In addition to the cleverness of the map and its abilities to reveal any witch or wizard on the castle grounds, it also had the ability to prevent access to it. This was specifically designed by the Marauders in order to keep their classmate Severus Snape from discovering their mischief, adventures, and most importantly, Remus's lycanthropy secret. In fact, the map would even go so far as to personally insult Severus if he ever held it in his possession. Normally, disguised as a blank piece of parchment, the map was enchanted to only reveal itself to those who knew how to operate it. For, upon opening the map, one simply needed to tap the parchment paper with one's wand and say the following magic words. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. And then the map would appear, alongside the following words. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs, purveyors of aids to magical mischief makers, are proud to present the Marauder's Map. The map also had the ability to hide itself upon command, again with the touch of a wand and the magic phrase, Mischief Managed. Sadly for the foursome, sometime near the end of their time at Hogwarts, the Marauder's Map was confiscated by Filch, the caretaker. As Filch was never able to get the map to appear, although he knew very well that it was more than just a piece of parchment, he never did much with the map, other than keep it locked up in his office in a drawer labeled Classified and Highly Dangerous. This is where a curious pair of mischievous twins, Fred and George Weasley, discovered the map and stole it many years later. After the Marauders graduated from Hogwarts in 1978, all four wizards joined the First Order of the Phoenix, founded and run by Albus Dumbledore. The First Order, same as the Second, operated with the goal of putting a stop to Voldemort's first rise to power. Of course, one of the four, Peter Pettigrew, had also secretly joined the ranks of the Dark Lord himself, playing the role of double agent as a loyal Death Eater. Not long after graduating, James Potter married Lily Evans sometime between the summer of 1978 and the autumn of 1979. They had their first and only child, Harry, soon after, on the 31st of July in 1980. But only a year later, on Halloween night 1981, all of their lives changed forever. Voldemort, after hearing a prophecy suggesting that a child matching Harry Potter's description would be his downfall, went after the Potter family. Alerted to the fact that Voldemort was coming for Harry, James and Lily decided to put their location in the trust of a secret keeper, originally selecting Sirius as their keeper. But Sirius argued that he would be too obvious a choice, and persuaded James and Lily to choose another, less obvious but equally as trustworthy, or so he thought, Peter. Peter went on to betray the Potters, freely giving up James, Lily, and Harry's secret location to the Dark Lord. 
From there, Voldemort easily tracked them down, first killing James, who attempted to stand between his family and the Dark Lord, and then murdering Lily when she refused to get out of his way. Of course, this turned out to be Voldemort's undoing, as Lily's sacrificial love protected Harry in a way previously unimaginable to the Dark Lord. As a shadow version of himself, he scrambled away, not to be heard from again for over a decade. At this time, Sirius, hearing of James and Lily's murders, tracked down Peter and confronted him on his betrayal. And in a moment of sinister clarity, Peter cast magic that led to the deaths of multiple innocent muggle bystanders and disappeared into his animagus form as a rat, but not before cutting off his own thumb and leaving it as proof that Sirius had murdered him, presumably having blasted his body into pieces. With James and Lily also dead, and Sirius incorrectly believed to be the couple's secret keeper, he was apprehended and sentenced to life imprisonment in the wizarding jail of Azkaban without trial. For the next 12 years, Sirius remained prisoner in Azkaban, only surviving and escaping thanks to his unregistered animagus form as a dog. Peter also remained in his rat form for likely the entire decade, weaseling his way into the Weasley family's home as their pet rat. For his part, Remus laid rather low, presumably devastated by the tragic loss and betrayal of his best friends. And from what we know, he didn't get up to too much until he was invited to fill in as Hogwarts Defense Against the Dark Arts professor in Harry's third year at school. And indeed, that was the year that all three remaining Marauders met again for the first time since the death of their former friend, James. Having escaped from Azkaban, Sirius was hellbent on finding Peter and revealing the truth about his betrayal. He managed to track him to Hogwarts and recognize that he'd ensconced himself within the family of one of Harry's best friends. Luckily, this was also the year that Fred and George Weasley had decided to share the Marauders map with Harry and Ron, saying that they had little need for it anymore as they had it all memorized, which is how Remus happened to stumble upon it and see Peter labeled plain as day on the map. It all came to head in the Shrieking Shack of all places, and while Peter ended up escaping yet again, and Sirius was unable to live as a free man, at least Remus and Harry at last knew the truth as to what had happened with the Potter's secret keeper that fateful night. In the end, each of the Marauders met their death fighting to keep Harry alive. There was of course James, Harry's father, but after James, the next to die was Sirius, who met his end fighting alongside Harry in the Ministry of Magic's Department of Mysteries in 1996. Hit by a curse, Sirius was flung backward, falling through the mystical veil, a one-way portal into the realm of death. The next death was Peter's, who died from the fatal grip of his own bewitched silver hand in 1998, which had been a gift from the Dark Lord. Peter's hand turned on him due to his hesitation to harm Harry. And finally, we saw the demise of Remus as he bravely battled alongside Harry during the Battle of Hogwarts. Remus died fighting beside his wife Nymphadora Tonks, whom he'd married a year earlier in July of 1997. They left behind a son, Edward Remus Teddy Lupin, to whom Harry was godfather. And with that, we've come to the end of another video. What did you think? What did I miss? Please share your thoughts in the comments below, and as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Also, be sure to check out the content on Spotify, as well as extra content on my second channel, Harry Potter Theory Extra. Until next time, remember, mischief managed.